minds in the game hosted by adam camilleri art of war down under hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this episode 90 i think creeping up on that ton on that 100 episodes of the art of war down under podcast my name is adam camilleri as you all know by now and if you do not welcome this is uh my show it's a two-part show. It is a review show. We are reviewing new content for 40K. Um, anything released by Games Workshop 40K, that be it, be it balanced data, lead chapter approved, codexes, supplements, armies of renown, etc., etc., we will be reviewing on this program. And when we don't, we I try and put together engaging, entertaining content with uh, some sometimes luminaries, sometimes personalities, and just in the name of bringing you quality content worth your time. And sometimes worth your dollars because this is a two-part podcast. The first part coming out lovingly for you guys Tuesday mornings at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then part two will be available to anybody who wishes to sign up with us on Patreon or wishes to purchase the podcast through The Art of War Down Under. Sorry, theartofwar40k.com, which is the website you can go to to purchase all your Art of War goodness. In addition to The War Room, which my guest John Lennon is about to tell you about right now. Absolutely, I am. So the War Room is where you can find me and all of the other Art of War coaches delivering some high-quality premium tactical content. The War Room is our global community that you can find either on YouTube or on our website, as Adam mentioned, theartofwar40k.com. Uh, in the War Room, uh, myself, Nick Nanavati, Richard Seaver, Jack Harpster, and a host of other high-quality players, uh, we teach you how to play Warhammer, and we teach you how to get better at the game that we all love. And of course, it does come with our Discord channel, a wonderful global community, full of like-minded players all trying to get better at the game exactly right now we just finished doing part one now we're recording part two pretty early in the week and we've been treading water kind of waiting for this balanced data slate as it stands right now during this recording it has not dropped so if you're listening to this later in the week of course by the time this comes out it, it please let it have, been, have come out by the time you, you you hear this which will be a week from now almost um in which case, the landscape has drastically changed, so be it. But we're going to be talking as if nothing has changed. Crusher and Leviathan still exist as possibilities, but we're not going to be focusing them on too much. We're going to be focusing on the content of the book. Pretty much exactly the same as we did last time. We're going to be keeping them in the back of our minds should things be drastically different if they're applicable. If not, we're just going to be continuing as we are. hope you guys enjoyed last week as well. It's kind of popping off in the numbers. It looks like I've gotten some pretty good feedback. So, John, well done. You know your stuff. Turns out, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> only been playing them for more than half your life? Half your life? Uh, more than. More than. Yeah, only been playing Tyranids that long. So, you know... Barely, barely there, novice, straight up novice. Um, but we left off fin having finished up the stratagems. For those following along at home, we'll be starting at page is it 66. That's correct. Tell us what is on that page, my man. All right, so page 66 is quite simply the adaptive physiologies. You know how every single codex comes with a little points upgrade thingy? That Build your own. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. That is what is found on page 66. So it explains how to take an adaptive physiology and quite simply, uh, be battleforged and have Tyranids, and you can you can take it. So yeah. the adaptive physiologies are points upgrades that you can put on any monster model, excluding characters and Titanic. And an yeah. interesting thing to note here is that on page sixty six it says any excluding characters. 
And in the far back of the book in the index, it says excluding named characters. Okay, so that's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess. The Warhammer community website in their preview said the excluding characters line. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that that's the one we're using until they tell us otherwise. But maybe when you hear this, there's a small chance that uh, in three or four weeks, GW has ruled that Hive Tyrants can take adaptive physiologies. And if so, that may change which ones you want. Because, yeah, my gut reaction would have been no named characters and no Titanic. Um, so them saying no characters whatsoever, I mean, that's that's the... that's a yeah, well, that's no Trigon Prime. Yeah, that's no Turvagon. That's no Hive Tyrant. Any other applicables? Um, yeah, no, no Turvagon, no Trigon Prime, no uh, Hive Tyrant. I think those are the three character yep. monsters. But uh, as we go through the data sheets, I'm sure I'm going to find one that I forgot about. Fair enough. So pretty much these are just you know buy, pay your points, get your options. None of these cost more than twenty five points. The first two twenty five. Next two, uh, then we've got a fifteen, a twenty, a fifteen, a ten, a fifteen, and a fifteen. You wish you'd just do in descending order, just you know, top to bottom. But here we go. We're going to tell you guys what you can purchase. Now they did have this built into their Psychic Awakening uh, supplement, yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. Adaptive physiologies were um, part of the uh, the Psychic Awakening. They were part of Blood of Ball. Uh, but I will say that every single one has changed drastically, I think. Fantastic. Beautiful. So the, these are completely different than you would remember, even though the mechanic was there before. Fair enough. Well, the first one is Dermic Symbiosis. It is 25 points. It is straight up and down. It is a 4-plus invulnerable save. Uh, can you think of anything, anything off the top of your head that this would just be good on? I mean, just flat value. I like this on something like a Tyranifex, which basically is the most expensive non-monster character, or non-character monster that you can buy, and therefore yep. the one that wants the defense the most. Uh, I would not mind taking it there at all. Uh, this is generically good, but you can get an invuln for one once a turn with some other means, so it, I don't think mm. it's mandatory, but you know, buying an invuln is just solid. Also, good on the Harpy. Yeah, I was about to say, it's quite good on the Harpy as well, because they've, they've only got like a 4-up armor save, yeah? Remember, they have a 3-up now. 3-up uh, now, yeah. yeah. But still, that's, you know, no, who's, who's shooting... Bolters at a harpy, <laughs> you know, unless you have no other options. Exactly right. Um, and then you know, it could be in Tactoc for all we know. But uh, yeah, mm. I like this a lot. And my gut reaction would have been like Trigon Prime, please. <laughs> but no, no, no Trigon Prime. Trigon, it could work. Uh, the next one though is Enraged Reserves. If this model's characteristic can change as it suffers damage, it is considered to have double the number of wounds remaining for the purpose of determining what those characteristics are. And the second bullet point of this twenty-five point upgrade is once per battle when this model is selected for an epic deed stratagem, you can use that stratagem without paying any command points. Uh, but of course, if you use it again later, it does go back to costing normal, normal CP. Fair enough. Any epic deed strats you know off the top of your head that will be a decent um, value? You know, uh, unfortunately, a ton of them involve characters, because there's yep. final death characters, there's the Parasite of Mordrex, um, then there's ones that can't go on it. Literally, as far as I can tell, it's Powers the Hive Mind, which is one CP, cast an extra spell. Synaptic Channeling, 1 CP, know all the powers on the board, mm -hmm. and uh, Trampling Charge, 1 CP. Um, so the first one popped out for me was definitely Trampling Charge. Yeah, so there is no way to, to use this to save two command points. You will save a command point, and there are only three stratums that it actually works on. Totally fine. I don't mind this as a, a bonus thing. Um, this definitely would go on a... Again, I feel like I, I want to put this on someone who degrades. Unfortunately, yeah. the Maliceptor, the Maliceptor's Degradation... The worst part of it is the dealing mortals, not the actual profile. So yeah. that part doesn't get helped by having extra wounds because it's not part of the profile. It's a special role. Yeah, this seems a bit lackluster to me. Um, yeah, it's for fine. the points aggressively fine. Yeah, I don't. I, I reckon you could cut ten points off this. It, this being fifteen points is a lot more palatable. Twenty-five. We'll see. 
We'll see. There might be a combo there we're not seeing yet. Um, mm -hmm. Hardened Biology is up next, which is a 15-point upgrade. Each time an attack with a damage characteristic of 1 is allocated to this model, add 1 to any armor-saving throws against that attack. Um, I mean, Tyranifex loves this. Goes, you know, having that sitting on that 2-plus already. Um, yeah, but apart from that, nothing else really slaps me in the face. Yeah, uh, it's not particularly exciting. Again, how many times are people shooting bolt guns at the monsters? But that doesn't mean it's bad. It is only 15 points, so it's certainly not mm -hmm. a heavy investment. Uh, yeah. Let me um, read out that next one to you real quick. It is Precognitive Sensoria. At the start of the fight phase, if this model is within engagement range of any enemy units, it can fight first that phase. Uh, and that is, again, that is a 20-point one, uh, which totally fine. But um, yeah. I feel like you know most of your monsters are going to be charging in, at which point fight first doesn't mm -hmm. really matter. Again, you could put this on a combat monster like a Harrispex, like a Trigon, um, and it is definitely not bad, but it's one of those things that's just nice without being mandatory at all. Fair enough. Now, this next one's my favorite one. This is Predatory Instincts. This model is eligible to perform a heroic intervention as if it was a character and a heroic intervention of six inches. Um, and it's only 15 points, and this is one I like a lot. Um, especially for that Tyranifex, like if, if you are doing a little bit of, of backboard you know, defense, you can just like get in the way of things, block things up with that big base. Or if you're going on the offense, something like a Haru Specs, uh, pushing up the board with a 16-inch heroic intervention could be pretty spicy. In fact, actually, Haru Specs probably the, my best choice for the 4-plus invul, now that I think about it. Yeah, Haru Specs does not hate that 4-plus invul at yeah. all. If you, want to, if you want to take Haru Specs, he definitely is going to take a, a physiology. I, I totally forgot he existed. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. You're not the only one, don't worry. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about the, the heroic intervention? Not bad at all. This is one that I actually really wanted to go on a character. Mm. Um, but alas, it doesn't work. Uh, but it, it is going to be pretty common, I think, to have uh, uh, your um, just some have some of your uh, monsters like tanking objectives. There are ways to make them obsec, as we discussed in the uh, the lurk table previously. Yep. So I feel like Predator's Instincts is going to be a pretty good one. And again, it's only 15 points. I think you just have to put it on a combat monster. Yeah, making yeah. a Hera Specs, you're not really paying for the heroic intervention because you're never, no one's just going to walk six inches away from a Hera Specs, sit there and be like, I wonder what's going to happen next. It's really just paying to make them prioritize the Hera Specs. You're paying for fear. Point, it's paying for fear because if you park <laughs> the Hera Specs on an objective, people will try to move, block it, and just be like, I don't want to deal with this right now. But when you're like, oh, by the way, Heroic 6, it's like, okay, I have to deal with this now. Um, and at that point, I think I'd rather just give him 4 pinball than play him aggressively. But if I was ever running two higher specs, which, you yes. know what, I dream of those days, I would love to have one with the Dermic Symbiosis, one with Predator's Instinct. Exactly right. That, that's my thoughts as well. The, the other option is, of course, if you're using it aggressively, you move in advance it as far as you can, turn one, and then just threaten a 6-inch onto, onto somebody's objective with an obsec beastie. Mm -hmm. Feels pretty good. What's up next? Next up, Synaptic Enhancement. This is uh, cheap and cheerful. 10 points for this model gains the Shadow in the Warp and Synapse abilities and the Synapse keyword. Uh, this is exactly what it says on the tin. 10 points, make someone a Synapse creature. I absolutely love this one. I think it's great. Yeah, It's, it's 10 points, which is 100% the right amount. You know, They could have mm. made this expensive and I never would have taken it. Instead, they made it cheap and I actually am excited to take it because it's good. Uh, because of the uh, the synaptic link abilities, we've talked about uh, how yep. important it is to chain your synapse units, and yep. this is just a really good way to get one more synapse creature in the list. Uh, I think this is one of the best ways to spend 10 points. If you have a durable monster, like an inherently durable one, something like a Carnifex or a Tyranifex, who isn't mm -hmm. using an upgrade, 
this is like the this is what I put on. Well, quite a lot of people have touted the Tyrann effects as being a decent option into the Void Weaver spam because it's got that long range flamer. It's inherently pretty hard to remove. Um, so all of a sudden, it's it's giving it's debuffing their Shadow Seers and it's got synapse for your your linking ability. It doesn't sound horrible, does it? No, and it's a durable unit that can actually um, get up there. Question: uh, I, I need to, I'll just, I can look this up very quickly. Is the Tyrannicide a monster? Yes, the Tyrannicide <laughs> is a monster, and yes, <laughs> you could make a synaptic Tyrannicide. <laughs> uh, that would be cool because you just bomb that down with something, you know, just like some obsec or something annoying in it, and all of a sudden you just put your link exactly where you need it, like primed, positioned perfectly. As long as it's nine inches away, of course. But that sounds pretty good if you can justify. If you got a, a reason to take it, it sounds all right. But that is hilarious. Keep that one in mind. Your voting ballsack <laughs> can be can be a synapse creature or anything. Right. It's four plus invulnerable save. Um, next up is voracious ammunition. Each time this model shoots after it has finished making its attack, select one unit that was hit by one or more of those attacks. Roll a d6 on a two plus. That unit suffers d3 mortal wounds, and this is fifteen points. I don't hate it. Don't love it. I'm kind of meh. Oh, I actually really like this one. Yeah, um, I, I I guess, but. Just 15 points to toss out a smite, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And um, after it's finished making attacks, you just have to pick something that was hit. And a lot of these monsters, again, I'm looking at the Terran effects, have a good gun and a little gun. They've got like their oh, set that is true. Stinger salvos, mm -hmm. where they just put out like eight, you know, strength five AP one damage one shots that are like, they're nice. Don't get me wrong. I like having them. Yeah. But they're not. They're not breaking the world open. And I like being able to like put my main gun into my main target, put a little gun into something else. If I didn't quite finish off the main target, toss a couple extra wounds on it. If I did, someone gets Splash Mortals. It's just 15 points to drop an extra smite every turn, as far as I'm concerned. And That's I fair. am willing to pay those 15 points. That's fair. I was looking at as a in, a, in an army drowning, well, to my, my opinion, drowning in mortal wounds. This is a sprinkle of mortal wounds you have to pay extra points for. They have to have, absolutely a, is, a, but have I've, an applicable... I've just never dealt 20 wounds and been like, you know what would be bad? Two more. <laughs> two, two, more. two more. That is true. You're looking at it just from a value point of view. 15 points to just do two. Yeah, essentially two mortals on average a turn. That's not not bad for a turn. Yep. Yeah, if I get eight mortal wounds out of a, a, a game because I shoot it four yeah. times... Done. Like that would be insane value for 15 points to me. Agreed. All right. We have one left. Whip coil reflexes. Each time an enemy unit within engagement range of this uh, model is selected to fall back, roll 1d6, and on a 2 plus, that enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to like find out the play here. It's way too specific. It's too narrow. Yeah, it is only 15 points, so it's not bad. I think it's going to get outweighed by other options, but it's not terrible for 15 points. What I would want to do with it, theoretically, is uh, put it on a big monster that is trying to tag people. And I'm thinking, yeah. all right, who's actually good at that? And honestly, I think where you would put this is a Moloch. Yeah? But I don't want to take a Moloch. It's, it, if only you measured from the the Toxicrine tendrils and not its base, because Mr. Grabby Grabby could just go get off someone's whole army frontage and be like, D3 and D3 and D3 and D3, but no. We yeah. don't live in that world. <laughs> Alas, we do not. <laughs> the Moloch is a good idea. Yeah, that's that's as good as I got. But uh, yeah, I plenty of good options here. Frankly, I think that the, uh, the points upgrade part of the Codex is like just perfectly middle of the road, and I'm mm. very okay with that. 
Nothing yeah. in here is like, oh yeah, you just you've got to buy this one every single game. Uh, but plenty of good options. I, I don't mind it at all. Better than Dark Angels, Blood Angels, Necrons. Worse than Eldari, <laughs> Asurani, yeah. rather. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, to no one's surprise. To no one's surprise. Jumping down to the Warlord traits. Of course, we have our full complement here. First one is Alien Cunning. This Warlord has the Objective Secured ability. This Warlord counts as five models when determining control of an objective marker. This Warlord can start to perform an action even if it advanced or fell back. That is a very good Warlord trait. Yep, I uh, I love the action part of that because I keep forgetting it exists and I'm never going to do it. Um, but, but it is cute. Uh, it is also the uh, the Warlord trait for Deathleaper. If by any chance you uh, happen oh. to uh, buy Deathleaper a Warlord trait or make him your Warlord, because you can buy named characters Warlord traits in tournaments. That's infuriating. Uh, there is no consistency. Just more on Deathleapers. Like, Deathleaper is the literal, but wait, there's more. Steak knives, like, yep. box, toolbox. He's got everything going on. I did not know he had this in addition. It's uh, This is phenomenal. Yep. No, he's, he's great. Uh, the second one is Heightened Senses. At the start of the fight phase, if this warlord is in within age or age of any enemy units, it can fight first that phase, and each time that warlord makes an attack, you can reroll the hit roll. That is ranged and shoot and melee. Any That's attack, great. reroll all your hits on your warlord. That's uh, super solid. Right. Just, yeah. just solid, solid choice. Uh, synaptic Lynchpin is up next. Add three to the range of this warlord's aura abilities and synaptic imperative abil abilities, which might be pretty key. Um, each time this warlord uses an ability in your command phase that specifies a range, add three to that in addition. Yep, and of course, that uh, that is the Swarm Lord's mm -hmm. uh, warlord trait, if anyone was curious. Eh. It's not that exciting. It's it's fine. I don't mind adding to the range of the Synaptica links. I, that is honestly the best part. If if I had to have guessed, I would have guessed it was Heightened Senses because it's he's very well. Swarmlord is Mister Choppy Choppy. It would have been like rear all hits and and fight first. But fair enough. Or I would have guessed he had two because he's like a baller. Yeah, yeah. You you would have thought that he was almost as good as Trajan Valoris, but alas, he's merely a <laughs> named character. Fair. All right, let's. Uh, so the first three are are kind of okay, but the number four, five, and six is where we get spicy. So number four is direct guidance. In your command phase, select one friendly core unit within synaptic link range of the warlord until the start of your next command phase. Each time model in that unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. So quite simple. You give a Damn core solid. unit plus one to hit. That Damn can be solid. shooting. That can be combat. That is all the time plus one to hit. I and never. Necros and Necrons thought they had one unique ability. <laughs> nah. On my watch, uh, yeah, this one is just super solid. If you're taking any large core unit that wants a buff, uh, this is a very good way to do it. Uh, just ah. good, very good warlord trait. We talked last week about taking a unit of nine warriors. This is just like bread and butter. Oh, we did, Amazing. Didn't we? we did. I mean, they are weapon skill and ballistic skill three. So, like, what are the odds, right? You think well, that I would? Yeah, what's better than three? Twos. <laughs> All right, up next we have Synaptic Tendrils. In your command phase, if this warlord has one of the following abilities, it can use that ability one additional time that phase. Alpha Warrior, Bio Impulses, Brood, Progenitor, Vicious Insight, Warp Siphon, Will of the Hive Mind. I'm guessing that's all the standard commander, sorry, um, like Captain Buff, Lieutenant Buff, whatever Hive yeah. Tyrant has, and uh, Neurothrope has, and uh, Tunid Prime has, yeah. Yep, every single like HQ roll unit that gives out a buff None of them are auras. Tyranids have like no auras other than synapse, but they are just command phase selections. So instead of buffing one unit, you can buff two units for this warlord, which is really nice because it kind of sucks that our captain slash lieutenant mm -hmm. slash all the other buffs are one per instead of an aura. 
Hive Tyrants are not as good as Captains. Captains can multitask. Hive Tyrants yeah. like you. I refer to my previous Necron Zing. This is the same thing <laughs> as, the, as the Pharaoh upgrade. All right, you got the last one. All right, adaptive biology. Real simple. Each time this warlord would lose a wound, roll a d6 on a 5 plus. That wound is not lost. It's a Turvagon. Do I smell Turvagon? Yeah, baby. Uh, you could do Turvagon. Someone's taking this. There is no For universe sure. where you don't. If, if your Turvagon's not taking it, your Hive Tarrant is. If your Hive Tarrant's you? not, then yeah. he, no, he is. Look at your list. Do you have any any HQs that have the keyword monster? If you tick that boss, you take you take the Swallow trait. <laughs> yeah, super solid. Uh, no arguments here. That is, of course, the Warlord trait of Old One-Eye, if anyone is curious. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, this is a, re a really good selection. Like I could legitimately mm -hmm. make cases for like four of these. Uh, Synoptic Tendrils, I don't have enough context in my head yet. Off the top of my head, though, I can make a, a case for all bar Lynchpin and Tendrils. And don't, Tendrils only because I don't know enough yet. Yeah, um, let me let me be honest with you. Synaptic Tendril is in every single one of my list. No, phenomenal. no questions asked. Phenomenal. Okay. Um, I feel like with Lurk, you don't need Alien Cunning because you're already going to have Obsec in the games you want to have Obsec. Yep. But in any other book, that is a ridiculous Warlord trait that you will just take. Um, yep. and, and also, of course, that uh, not every High Fleet attacks Lurk. So a Leviathan or a Kraken build may Very indeed true. want to take Alien Cunning. Very true. Right now, Leviathan has a, a CP to do the same thing, so I guess they'll get around that. Uh, but yes, uh, I, I keep assuming it's dead. I'm yeah, assuming it's dead. As, as, yeah, yeah, exactly right. But yeah, that is a phenomenal um, tree. Yeah, mm -hmm. phenomenal tree. I really wish, really wish Swarmlord had a better one because he has, like, in my opinion, the worst one of the six. He he does have the worst one of the six, which means that if you were to take Swarmlord, you're not going to make him your Warlord. You're not going to mm -hmm. buy him an extra Warlord trait. It just kind of is what it is. It's not the best. It's not ideal, but it's it's okay. Swarmlord's been good for a while. He's been auto take for the better part of five years. Yeah. So we, we can we can deal with it with him on the shelf for a little while. All right. Hive mind discipline. First up, we have catalyst blessing. Warp charge value of six. If manifests, let one high fleet unit within synaptic link range of this psyker to the start of your next phase psychic phase. Um, each time model this unit would lose a wound, uh, they don't lose it on a, on a 5+, plus, same as it was. And each time a Titanic model would lose a wound, they lose it on a 6 instead of a 5. So a little bit worse than it was because it steps down for Titanic units, but otherwise pretty much exactly the same, yeah? With better yeah. range because it's got Synaptic Link Bouncing Ability. Exactly. Uh, and Synaptic Link Bouncing Ability is amazing. That is obviously mm -hmm. going to be a common theme for quite a few of these Psyche powers, and Synaptic Link Bouncing is fantastic. What's next? Next up is the Horror. Uh, this is a Malediction with a Warp Charge value of 5. Select an enemy unit within Synaptic Link range or within 24 inches of the Psyker. Either one, your choice. Nice. And then uh, at the start of your, until the start of your next Psyker phase, subtract 2 from the leadership of models in that unit and mm -hmm. subtract 1 from Combat Attrition for that unit. So, wish, it was, wish it was still a pinning check. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's no longer a negative to hit, which it used to be. Mm -hmm. Um... <clears throat> it used to be minus one to hit rolls and then minus one leadership. Instead, they've really leaned into people are scared of you. Um, this is fine. I'm still going to take this spell if I'm being perfectly transparent here. Yep. Um, but uh, it, it's certainly not the best thing in the discipline, but it, it's fine. I'm not mad about are, it. Are you only taking it because you're taking every spell? Yes, I am taking every spell that's, and that's, most of them are duplicate. That was my assumption because I, this looks pretty awful to me. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I, I think it's fine to play the morale shenanigan game. 
Uh, but there's definitely going to be times where it just doesn't matter. Yeah, there are armies where it just like doesn't even affect, doesn't even touch the sides. All right, Neuroparasite is up next. Which fire with war charge value of seven, if manifest, is left one enemy within synaptic link range or within eighteen of the psyker? Roll one d six for each model in the unit. For each roll that exceeds that model's toughness characteristic, the model suffers one mortal wound up to a maximum of six. Uh, phenomenal in the mirror match, I feel, if you're playing into the horde or whatever, or a bunch of bunch of other bits and pieces out there. Like, so it's it's a fifty fifty against toughness three, right? Because you have to roll a four plus. Yeah, you have to roll a four plus against toughness three. It's not bad. It, it, I'm actually fine with it. The best thing that I've found is that you can chain it yep. through the synaptic links because it's the only mortal wound one that can that is a that has the rider of or um, synaptic link range. Yep. So that means that you can go out and reach things far back, and you can actually go mm. kind of get backfield objective units. And yeah. so you can you can go like this is not very good in a crisis hit. You need to roll a six. I think exactly right. I was about to say like there, there's it's it's a seven to cast, so it's it's on the harder side of things. Absolutely on the harder side of things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it has the caveat of go, stepping up and stepping down. A lot of the times you'll see these that that just go off on a on a six, but you get to roll one for every die every model and unit, you know, up to twenty dice or whatever. Or if it goes off on a five or a or a mm-hmm. four plus. This has to go into squishy stuff or don't bother like you don't yeah. even, you can't even cast this against orcs like you can't even use it i mean if if someone takes a the dreaded 30 man orc squad uh, you'll still do some damage <laughs> uh, yes it, it, i'm actually yes. like i actually really like this spell it's really good against eldar i was about to say as long as eldar is good you should take this yeah, yeah. as long as eldar has a place in the meta uh you should you'll always take this um but, but yeah it, it's obviously like limited value against space marines kind of garbage into custodies uh just not that useful under Tau, but you know, against Tau, you just go and you kill the crew squad. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. you know, but where I've found value with it is that you can use, you can create a, a very long synaptic length train, and you like send a flyer right into the Eldar army, and then you have like yes. a warrior squad behind him, mm-hmm. and then that goes to the Maliceptor or to another warrior squad, and then that goes to the Maliceptor, whatever. And then you like dink, 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 you pinball the spell all the way down into the swooping hawks that are sitting behind a wall shooting you. I saw you do this, and uh, Jack was not happy. <laughs> He was like, he, he was like, what? <laughs> Please explain. How is this a what? Huh? What? <laughs> it was great. Anyway, what's up next? All right, next one up is onslaught, an absolute staple classic power. Hasn't really changed at all, which I love. It is a warp charge value of six. Select a friendly high fleet unit within synaptic link range, and until the start of your next psychic phase, models in that unit do not suffer the penalty for firing assault weapons if they advance. They don't suffer the penalty for moving and shooting um, heavy weapons, and they can declare a charge in a turn in which they advance. Phenomenal. Phenomenal power. Holy crap. Yep. Uh, it's advance and charge. It is one of two ways to get advance and charge, the other one being a Hormagant-specific stratagem. So this is the only way for a non-Hormagant unit to advance and charge. Uh, this al- is one you want to have several of. It also doubles up as a plus one to hit when you don't need a charge. Like so, It, it has so many different modes to this. I think it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Super. Super good. It's great on units that have an assault weapon, so they can advance, shoot, and charge. Exactly. And right. uh, that is just really good. That's gonna, you know, that would be a thing like raveners or uh, warriors. But then, of course, you can also just toss it onto something like a hive tyrant who wants to charge people. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. Just just zoom straight in. I think this mm-hmm. is fantastic, and it's even more um, important that and a bit of foreshadowing. But hive commander is certainly not what it was. So you definitely need this in every list, and it should be building your game plans around it turn by turn. Um, yep. 
Paroxysms up next. Uh, it is a malediction with a warp charge value of seven. If manifested, select one enemy unit within synaptic link range or within 18. Until the start of next psychic phase, you can't overwatch or set to defend. And each time model in the unit makes a melee attack, minus one from their wound roll. Yeah, so, really potent combat debuff, one that we don't see very often. But yes. It is real nice on a high toughness army like Tyranids. Oh, as soon as you go to that toughness five, baby, nothing is a really going to hit you on. Well, are they strength 10? No, it's fours. Are they, you know, are they strength five? Well, cool, it's fives. They strength four? Well, you know, suck it. <laughs> Sixes, yeah. You, yeah. You, you can really debuff a lot of units here. Uh, here's a fun one. I, I actually put this on the Avatar of Kane last night. And when oh. he charged a Tyran effects with his strength 14 weapon, he was wounding on fours. Mm -hmm. And I lived with one left. It's like, oh, yes. Rough. This is another bread and butter. Like, mm -hmm. this is real good. Yep, one last spell here is Psychic Scream. This one's real simple. It's your pocket tonight. Uh, warp Charge Value 5. Select the closest enemy unit within 18 of the Psyker. Notably, this does not have a uh, Synaptic Link Range Rider. It is the only spell in the discipline that does not care about Synaptic Link Range. Okay. And uh, that unit takes D3 Mortal Wounds. If that unit happens to be a Psyker and the result of the Psychic Test is higher than the leadership of the unit, then randomly select one Psychic Power that unit knows. And until the end of battle, that unit no longer knows the Psychic Power. Oof. So it's a pocket smite, good value, and sometimes it takes away someone's psychic spell, mm -hmm. which I, I'm not mad about. I like taking away psychic powers. It's true. I I've mean, never it's... once had that come up in the entire last book. By the way, I made uh, an entire an entire five year run without ever beating someone's <laughs> leadership after well, smiting their psyker. What leaders like? Can you cast? Well, I guess you can cast the horror first, and then get you know debuff their leadership. I but, think uh, this is more about putting it on someone who just casts really well. Because, like, yeah. I'm gonna be honest here, a Neurothrope often casts with plus two to chart. To, that's true. And, that's yeah, true. and at that point, it's just like, oh, I rolled like an eight. Just kidding, it's a ten. Your librarian loses a spell. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, you're just taking it because it's pocket smart. It's just another D3 mortal mm -hmm. wounds, and the rest is just a cherry on top. Yep. Right on. That is, uh, that's the psychic powers. That's, uh, very good discipline. It's a very good discipline. One notable loss is uh, fights last from paroxysm. Apart from that, everything stayed the same or got better in my mind. Um, either yeah, through, the horror lost minus one to hit as well. But everything got better through the synaptic links that they're able to bounce around, so the range is just not an issue anymore as long as you have that attachment. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I thought the no fights last is interesting. You, but you can get fights last from a couple of other ways instead, yeah? Uh, there are other ways. Fight last is not particularly easy to come by in this book. Yeah, it's but there are ways to engineer it. Fair enough. Um, well, you know, you big stompy monsters. Who needs to fight last? Exactly. <laughs> we'll make it work. Uh, onto the relics, we have the Mgal factor from the old Mgal um, gene stealers that used to be. I remember they used to be able to consolidate from combat to combat back in the day when you couldn't do that, if I remember right. Uh, they also, well, I think what their main rule was that uh, you set them up in reserves, and uh, they, uh, they they were charge you, wrote, you wrote down a terrain piece, and you Oof. hit it from your opponent. And when they came in from reserves, they had to be within the terrain piece, and then they could declare a charge. So cool, so cool. Yep, they, they were they were super special, spicy gene stealers. Um, from was it? I think Mgal was a, a world or a moon, but can't remember. I think anyway, it was a moon. Is the moon where they first found gene stealers, and the salamanders like went in with flamers and were like, "What are these bugs?" And then they died. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. All right. At the start of the fight phase, select one of the following until the end of the fight phase. Add two to the bearer's strength until the end of the phase. Add one to the bearer's attacks until the end of the phase. Add one to the bearer's toughness. Um, 
quite like this. I do yeah. like the add one to the toughness quite a lot. Yeah, totally solid. Two units have a high toughness. Being able to boop, raise your toughness mm-hmm. a notch before you get hit, or boop, just here's a, an extra attack, or here's a break point in strength. It's very solid across the board. Nothing about it is like hyper exciting, to be honest, but it is generically just a good rule to have, so I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad about it either. I do, don't like that it's just a fight phase, you know, because uh, as soon as I see this on somebody's character shit, well, I guess I'm shooting that guy. I'm not. <laughs> no charges will be forthcoming for this 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 one particular dude. Um, he gets all the gun, but fair enough. It's pretty cute. I'm going to be honest. Every single turn in Monsters kind of already like that. That is fair. But, you know, if in, in a world where targets are painted on all your chests, don't be the one in Highlighter. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair call. All right, let me uh, hit the next one for you. This is the Reaper of Obliterax. This one is weird, and I'm going to ask you a rules question at the end. Uh, okay, so uh, models equipped with Bone Sword and Monsters Bone Sword only. Uh, replace the Bone Sword. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, if that attack successfully wounds the target, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any other damage. Next, nice. each time an attack is made with this weapon, uh, an attack made with this weapon is allocated to an enemy model. That model cannot use any rules to ignore the wounds it loses. Hmm. So it'll ignore feel no pain effects. And and it'll ignore um, uh, phase locks. Yes. So for Phoenix Lords and, you know, Gazgul and Catans. What's the rules question? Here's a question for you. Do, can you make uh, a feel no pain roll against the mortals caused by this weapon? Oh. It's time. Okay, because mortals are allocated separately, aren't they? They're allocated separately, but they are part of the attack. Yes. Because like the other, time yeah, it, I, I don't think there's a clear answer on this. This no. is just one that I need to ask GW. Yeah, one mortal wound in addition to any other damage. If that if that attack successfully wounds, I would. Uh, my gut says. My head says no. My gut says probably. Like, my head says you shouldn't be able to, but I don't. It's not clear. At all. It's definitely not clear, and it's, it's really a question of, you know, how much is the mortal part of the attack? Because I know with reanimation protocols, they ruled that mortals allocated as part of an attack very specifically are an attack, yeah. because you get to reanimate from them. So if you yes. do mortals, you could reanimate from the mortals that are taken by the Reapers of Obliterax. And then you can't ignore that because it's not a, a world to ignore it. You kill them, I'll send it back up. Um, so, I don't know. Mm. Uh, my 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 reading of it is no, but I'll admit I'm like fifty one percent no, forty nine percent yes on this one. I'm not I'm not strong. My, I'm my a head, yeah. player, so like you know, there's a little bit of bias in there that I want to use my tool toys. Yeah, one um, percent bias. Yeah, one percent <laughs> bias on a fifty fifty question. <laughs> I can live with that. Damn good relic though. Holy crap! Damn good. Yeah, damn strong relic. Uh, what's the max amount of attacks you can? Well, sorry. That's a that's a loaded question because right now we have a bunch of extra ad- attack adding effects we may not have so let's leave that let's let's shelve that. Um, the more claws of Thyrax up next. Add one to the bearer's attack characteristic. Each time the bearer makes an attack, you can re-roll the wound roll, and each time the bearer destroys an enemy as a result of a melee attack until the start of the till the end of the battle rather. Add one to the bearer's attack characteristic to a maximum of plus three. Um, I mean this. Pretty good. Plus one attack and reels to wound by itself is not awful on some of the the big griblies we're talking about. And then just the, the the caveat of also getting plus one attack. Should you make it to another combat after you've been committed? Uh, pretty cute. Yeah, I I think it's super super solid. Um, I like rerolling wounds. Uh, you can put this on a uh, on a trigon that has always fight first reroll hits, and then it's like, oh, this guy rerolls all his hits, all his wounds. Oh, yeah. yeah, 
Yes. Um, there is not a darn thing wrong with this relic. It no, is, not at all. I, I don't think it's quite as good as the Reaper, but it is, in general, very good. The biggest I, caveat for me is that Tyranids have the 1 CP reroll wounds, so to me, this very much feels like relic number 2. Yes. Because the first guy's going to get reroll all wounds for the CP, and then the second guy can't have it at the same time, but don't worry, don't worry, he'll do it anyway. <laughs> exactly right. So yeah, first, first, first chompy chompy monster gets a Reaper, and will always be rolling to wounds anyway, is what you're saying? Yeah, 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 that's what I, I figure. All right, up next is the Resonance Bar, real simple, psycho model only. Add one, two psychic tests taken for the bearer. The bearer knows one additional psychic power from the hive mind discipline. Fantastic. Yep, uh, this in most books, this would be a very good staple relic. In Tyranids, I think it's actually a little bit worse than it looks. I still might take it, might. But um, just because there are a lot of ways to boost psychic powers, which we'll talk about later. Where's the most... So, I mean... I feel like Hive Tyrants don't want this. They want something to amplify their damage output. So we're talking about um, Neurothrope and Maliceptor, right? Uh, I think it's... The Maliceptor is not a character. Oh, exactly right. Sorry. I think that the Neurothrope is the only one who could take this. Because <laughs> while a Turvagon can take it, a Turvagon only casts one spell. Yeah. So I don't really care. Plus one to cast on one spell is fine. It's not a relic slot. Yeah, yeah, it only a knows... Neurothrope is innately plus one to cast. So with the relic, yeah. it becomes plus two... In the synaptic imperative, becomes plus three, and that's where I would take it because then he knows three spells casts two, and you can, yes. he's going to be the guy that knows the horror. And when you need when you need the horror, it's nice to have it. When you don't need the horror, you've got two other spells to cast. You can cast a smite something else, um, and at plus two to cast all the time, he's very likely to pass things without needing any of the buffs. Exactly right. Yeah, a Turvagon knowing one more spell but only being able to cast one, it doesn't really help you that much. Yeah, it's um, not exciting. All right. Pathogenesis is up next. Uh, add eight to the range characteristic of range weapons the bearer is equipped with. Each time the bearer shoots, you can reroll one hit roll and you can reroll one rune roll when resolving those attacks. Uh, yeah. Don't know, off the top of my head, don't know where this is going to be best. I mean, people have been talking about a walking hive tyrant for a bit with, um, I'm assuming it's a heavy venom cannon they're talking about. Yeah. Yep. yep. I mean, what's the, what's the range on the, on the heavy? It's 36, so that'll take it to um, a weird 44 inches, where yeah. you can almost shoot the Volkite back. Just almost there. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm pretty, a little bit cold on this one. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's best if you want to shoot a uh, Hive Tyrant in one of the fleets that doesn't have an inherent reroll, because Leviathan and uh, Gorgon are the two fleets that come with a reroll. Uh, yep. If I was That's going fair. Kronos and I had a, a Heavy Venom Cannon Tyrant babysitting my backfield, I would probably consider this just to get a reroll the hit and a reroll the wound, and just That's get him a little point. more consistent. Yeah, um, it's not a bad relic. I'll freely admit this is not an automatic one, but if I've looked at my list and this is the best thing to take, I could see see myself spending CD. Awesome. All right, next one up are the sides of Tyran. Model equipped with two monstrous scything talons only. Replace those monstrous scything talons, and you get the following profile: plus two strength, plus minus four AP, plus uh, damage three. And you make two additional attacks with this weapon. So the two additional attacks is a net nothing because it replaces two scything talents yeah. where each plus one attack. But the monster scything talents are the hive tyrant ones. And those are uh, normally strength user AP3 damage two. So this is a very significant buff Huge. for a hive tyrant. This Huge. is not a bad relic at all. Again, plenty of melee, good melee relics, but I, I like the size of the tyrant. It takes a hive tyrant to seven attacks at a minimum. Not a bad place to be swinging damage three. 
Agreed. Yeah, seven attacks at what would be strength ten. Uh, I want to say I have turned to strength seven, so that'll be strength nine. But then if you take adrenal gland, I'll take him strength ten. Totally fine. Um, all right, next we have the Bellathorn Cannon. Bellathorn Cannon, rather. Um, equipped with a strangle, replaces a Stranglethorn Cannon. Range 36, heavy D3 plus 3, strength 10 minus 3, 3 damage blast. Uh, this is quite good. That is a very good Stranglethorn Cannon right there. That's, that is. That is fantastic. In the, in, the, in the world of Custodes, Toughness 5, boats all over the place. Now, oh, sorry. Crisis suits, mirror matches. This is this is amazing. Yep, it's a really good gun relic. I, for, for my money, I think I would still rather have a venom cannon that I don't spend a relic on than this. That's true. That's fair. As good as this is, um, venom cannons just feel a little bit better. But I'll freely admit this is a very good relic. Um, so I'm not I'm not opposed to taking it. Well, tell us about the next one because this is this is the sit down oh. for this one. The next one is Shard Gullet. Shard Gullet is a Relic Venom Cannon. And Shard Gullet uh, replaces Heavy Venom <laughs> Cannon. And it is 36-inch range. Assault 3, yep. Strength 12, AP 5, Damage 5. <sighs> Get them, boys. So good. So freaking good. Especially when, like you talked about um, when you got uh, a free reroll from your, your Hive fleet. This thing yep. is just gas. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, this, this one's pretty great. Um, to clarify, since we haven't actually gotten to that point yet, compared to a normal heavy venom cannon, it is plus three strength, same mm -hmm. shots, same range, but it is plus two AP plus one damage. So plus three strength plus two AP plus one damage onto your venom cannon. Awesome, just just awesome. Yeah, yeah, I am very not mad about this relic. Um, All right, next, yeah, next one. Uh, uh just Jason Sack is up next. Once per battle, the bearer can perform the following action. Uh, at the start of your shooting phase, this model can start to perform this action. The action is completed at the end of that phase. When it is completed, set up a new high fleet Ripper Swarms unit on the battlefield within three of this model and not within engagement range of any enemy units. The Ripper Swarms unit contains D3 plus one models, and if you are playing a game that uses points, it does not count for any reinforcement points. Uh, really cute? It's very cute. It, 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 does it make a cut? Uh, no, no, it, it absolutely does not. But it is very <laughs> cute. So let me just like, I, I, I like this one. I What's like cool is that you just, you set up the unit within three inches, not every model within three. So one ripper's within three, and then the D3 that you gain just boop, 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 out as far as you can go, and then you can charge afterwards. Where I like this, I like this on a Neurothrope who doesn't have a shooting phase anyway, so you're not losing anything, you're not giving anything up, you're just uh -huh. gaining uh, um, you think too small, you need to see the bigger picture. A, you what, put this a, on the Parasite gun. of Mortrex. Yep. Oh. And you take the Warlord trait on the Parasite to make it opposite count as oh. five models. And the Warlord trait also, as you may have noticed, lets you action if you advanced or fell back. Here I was thinking the Parasite uh, was a special character and couldn't be given Warlord traits or relics. It is not a special character. There you, you can go. take three Parasites of Mortrex if you want. Freaking crazy. Blowing my mind here, mate. Blowing my brains. That's what I'm here for. Oh, love it. Um, all right. <laughs> Take it away. All right. So next one here is the Dirge Heart of Karis. What a name, by the way. Uh, each time the bear is selected to fight after resolving all attacks, select one enemy unit hit by an attack made by the bear this phase. Until the end of the next turn, that unit loses the objective secured ability and is minus one leadership. Uh, wow. I know that like a minus one leadership seems like a silly tack on. You're like, why is it here? Uh, I don't mean to scare Adam too much, but if I really try my hardest, I can take a Custody's bike down to leadership one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, not probably never going to happen, but like 
Just imagine. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, just, I mean, just imagine. Just imagine making just any custodian bike run away. Just, yeah. just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we got him, boys. We killed one bike, and the next one, you have to roll a one, or you're losing another bike, and then you can roll a one or a two and lose your last bike. Uh, heaven forbid, it's a, it's a, it's a five bike unit or some crazy crap. Yeah, um, yeah, really solid. Taking away obsec as just as a, a close combat ability is very cool. Again, I like putting this on an obsec. Uh, Parasite of Mortrex. Yep. It just goes in, lands a hit, and then takes over objectives from troop units very easily. Because uh, It's weird because you want to put this on someone opsec, and you want to put this on someone who doesn't kill everything they touch. Yep. So it's kind of like, do you have spare relics for your tech piece uh, character? That's Yeah, that's a that's good question. Uh, also goes very well with the Warlord trait to give um, opsec as well, if you don't yep. have it for whatever reason, or you, you don't have access to Lurk. Yeah, and, and for the record, I do think this is better than the gestation sack. Even though the gestation sack on the parasite is adorable, I would actually run this and obsec on the parasite. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, totally just fair. to make him a real pain in the junk. Agreed. All right. Next up, we have the passenger. What an interesting name. Um, adrenal glands model only. Add two to the advanced rolls made for the bearer, and add two to the charge rolls made for the bearer. So it's just, it's a double adrenal gland. Yeah. Uh, adrenal glands are now plus one move, plus one uh, strength. Uh, then this is amazing. So this is plus one move, plus one strength, plus two advance, plus two charge. So you put this on a flyer and you just first turn, yep. just go get them, right? And I will note for you that this stacks with all of the other ways that we have mentioned to charge. There are no <laughs> exclusions here. So the plus two to charge from Elector, the plus one to charge from Custom Fleet, all of those stack. I'm a fan yeah. of, this so of this passenger. They could they could ride shotgun for me anytime, mate. Absolutely, that that big fleshy sack has a place in your body. That's that's, that's right. Holy crap! Uh, all right, take us away. Last one. All right, last one is Seer Hive, uh, toxin sack model only. Each time the bear makes a melee attack, uh, if a hit is scored, it automatically wounds the target. That's cool too. Yeah, just uh, excluding monsters and vehicles. So uh, if you just if you hit, you wound. Who Solid. has? What's the character with the most attacks? Is it the Trigon Prime? It is the Trigon Prime. Yep. Nice. That's um, cute. Yeah, so at, at that point, now because it's only against non-monsters vehicles, mm. you're probably hitting low toughness things that you're wounding on threes. And True. at that point, I would venture that I'd rather have the Mokla's to reroll wounds. So I'm yeah. almost as good into low toughness things, and I'm much better into vehicles and monsters. And you save the points on and toxins. You, you save, save a couple points to toxin yeah. sacks. Yeah, which are, toxin sacks are fine. I have no no objection yeah. to running them, but yeah, they're not mandatory. Luckily. You make a, you make a good point though. That is actually very well thought out. Yeah, sounds very cool in practice. Not gonna make the cut. Plus two advance, plus two charge. Is there sick, are though. there are more than three good relics here. Uh, I'm a little annoyed because <laughs> you have very good wall of traits, very good relics, very mm -hmm. good psychic discipline. It just seems. There is just depth for days. There is depth for days. The adaptive physiologies are a little lukewarm to me, but they're the points upgrade, so it's the one I'd rather well, be bad. And they're still fine. There's several dude, that are fucking good. They're, they're middle of the road, and they're the worst bit. <laughs> you know? They're yes, perfectly absolutely. okay, and they're the worst of these. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look, we all know they're better than Cryptic Arcana. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. Only a little uh, Man. Barely, really. Don't you dare. Like, you leave them alone. Um... All right, chapter approved rules. First one is in no mercy, no respite category. Synaptic insight. This, is, this oh, is the same one from Knockman, if anyone was curious. Okay, fair enough. Do I need to read it? Yeah, go ahead. If you select this objective, keep a tally of synaptic kill points uh, and reset 
your synaptic kill points to zero at the start of each battle round. Each time an enemy model, excluding a dedicated transport model, is destroyed by a synapse model from your army. If that model, enemy model had a wound characteristic of between three and five, add one to your kill points tally. If it was six and nine, add two. If it was 10 or more, add three. Score three victory points at the end of the battle round. If your kill synaptic kill points tally for the battle round is four or more, you cannot score more than 12 victory points from this objective. Do not know why they needed that last caveat in, because I think that that is just stupid, because getting 15 on this is would be ridiculously hard anyway. Is this any better in this book? Because I know upon release, everyone, this was a joke. No, this is the exact same. It's not good. It's not good. Cool. I was hoping your synaptic, you had more ability to kill things with synapse creatures now because your st- all your stuff is better. All your you data totally shows. do, but it, it just it depends on the opponent. I mean, for context, you need your synapse units uh, to kill. Um, you need your synapse units to kill a lot of things. Like I, I just don't know what matchup I want this in. Like if well, your synapse I- units kill four enemy tiered warriors, you get three points, yep. which is fine. But then if you only kill three and a half or you accidentally mm-hmm. kill one of them with a non-synapse unit, then you don't get any points. Uh, and you're only getting a 12 at most. I'm like, I just don't see the scenario well, where I'd want this over no prisoners. The whole reason, yeah, exactly what I was about to say, no prisoners is here. And if you're getting enough kill points to make this viable, no prisoners is just better. Um, and in addition, I don't know why it's got the, 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 the ceiling of you can't get more than a 12. The chances of you getting this turn one on, against any competent opponent is close to zero. Like, yeah, like I, legitimately, I just you have to be going second, and they have to give you stuff to kill in their turn one, is essentially the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you have this, to hit it every single turn. Ex- ex- exactly right. You have to hit it every single turn after that. So I don't know why there's the the, the ceiling on top of it, because it seems bad. Anyway, next one's yours. Next one is mine. It is a Shadow Operations, so it rivals with uh, Retrieve, Knock, Mid, and Raise Banners. And that is Spore Nodes. Uh, score four victory points each time a unit from your army successfully completes the following action. One troop unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase uh, from the second battle round onwards if it is within six inches of your opponent's deployment zone and not within six inches of any spore mode, spore node objective markers, which you, you'll place. The action is complete at the end of your turn. If the action is successfully complete, place one objective marker anywhere wholly within your opponent's deployment zone and within one inch of the unit that completed this action. The objective marker represents a spore node, but does not count as an objective marker for any rules purposes other than for the secondary action. So here's a weird thing. Uh, you can start the action if you're within six inches of the opponent's deployment zone. But when you finish it, you have to place the marker in your opponent's deployment zone within one inch of your unit, which means that you can start the action and then have no chance of finishing it because you're within yeah. six but not within one. And that is yeah. dumb. So we're just going to yeah. pretend that the that it says you can start to perform this action if you're within one inch of your opponent's deployment zone. Fair. That is, that is absolutely fair. Just, that's um, just what you have to pretend. This is awful. This is a very different <laughs> way to take teleport homers. Yeah. I I feel like I would just take teleport homers. Me like, too. I, maybe I could see this being slightly better. Quick downside of you can only do it with troops, but maybe with say, some gargoyles you can do something cool. Like, I'm, I don't know. There's not a if, ton going on here. If this just said uh, infantry base, like if, or, you know, I mean, I'll never say monsters, but if it just if it said tr- like, didn't I just actually say really troops, wish it said swarms, so that Ripper swarms had a had reason a, to exist, had a thing to do. Yeah, um, that would be cool. But as soon as it says troops, you just like the only troops you want to take are pretty much warriors. And if you got 
well, you don't want to be marching your squad of three warriors at your opponent because they're just dead. Um, yep. And secondly, do you want to be using your unit of nine to do this action instead of killing stuff? No. Um, I'm just like, where's the unit you're going to be doing this with coming from? Because I don't see it. So the theoretical best way to do it that I have found is you take High Fleet Kraken and yep. turn two, you advance the Gargoyles a flat eight inches so they move 20 and you get one model within an inch of the enemy deployment zone. And on that same turn, you pop the Malice Scepter you can uh, advance an action. That's cool. Yep. And then it, it immediately does four nodes and it places it once. You get four points. End of the turn, the gargoyles go into reserves. That's and then nice. turn okay. three, they deep strike in and you have killed out your opponent's ability to screen and they deep strike in uh, within an inch of the enemy deployment zone. You place it a second time. And at that point, you have hopefully tabled your opponent and uh, it's turn <laughs> three. I mean, what are the odds, right? And then uh, they just get to do it two more times. Yeah. You, uh, you you make a compelling case for getting eight points. I forgot about the gargoyles jumping back in reserve, which does make this a bit more palatable. But still, I you just if you're going to do this, teleport home is just a better option. It's just better. Whatever. All right, last one. Last um, one. You can take it. Oh, okay. Uh, it is a. This is a weird one. This is a purge the enemy, which is already a bonus point. Cranial feasting. Each time an enemy character model or unit champion, see the Warhammer Forty Thousand Core Book, is destroyed by a melee attack. Roll a d6, adding two if the Hive Tendril model that uh, that destroyed it has the Feeder Tendril keyword, and adding two if the destroyed model has the Character keyword. On a 6+, gain a Command Point to a maximum of one per battle round. So why you're gaining Command Points with the secondary Dominus questions. Uh, then, at the end of the battle, you can actually try to get points, which is score three victory points if you gained one or more Command Points during oh, the battle. Crap. So if you get yep. any command points, you get three. Three points. Mm -hmm. Score one victory point for each enemy character model and each enemy unit champion destroyed by a melee attack made by a high tender model from your army. Finally, score three victory points if the enemy warlord was destroyed by a melee attack made by a high tender model from your army. So the best case scenario is your opponent has a bunch of sergeants and cheap characters and you go and eat them all in combat. I was about to and say, a sergeant is defined as a unit champion, yeah? He indeed he is. Okay. So at that point... You, you eat a bunch of them, and you get one 6-plus. Either it's a 4-plus if you use a feeder tendril, or it's a 4-plus if you get a character. So honestly, if you kill a couple characters in combat, you're probably popping one of them and uh, getting that command point. So you get 3 points. You kill your opponent's warlord, you get 6 points, and then you just get 1 point for every other sergeant slash character that you killed in combat, making this an insanely weird way to take assassinate against people who have a lot of sergeants. I was about to say, it's assassinate versus sergeants is, is the best case scenario I'm seeing from this. Like, you well, kill kill four sergeants, and you get one CP back, and then you get a nice seven, and you're just happy with it, because people can play around. So, people who can play around assassinate can't really play around this, or vice versa. People who can play around this can't really play oh, around assassinate. they totally can. Yeah? Who, who can play without letting you kill a sergeant in an entire game? Okay, let me, let me make this easier for you. You've got a 10-man guardsman squad. I yep. accidentally smite it or shoot it at any point. The first model you pull is a sergeant, and now I haven't. Oh, of course, because I have to kill it in combat. Okay, yeah, this is this is absolute. Some Seamus bleep this. This is absolute dog. <laughs> um, funny enough, uh, I have legitimately thought about taking this and just being like, "This is worse than assassinate," but I want a couple extra command points and just I, I like, will say, I will I pregame bet that a couple that one or two command points is worth more to me than five victory points? If it didn't say melee attack, this would be okay. Wouldn't be, if it didn't be say melee would, attack. It, it actually might be good. It wouldn't even be broken. It would just be like good, solid. Wouldn't it, like <laughs> the fact it says melee attacks. 
there's just no way. So I'm so, I'm so sorry. I did not yeah. did not say. And unfortunately, <laughs> there's like there's there's charging mortals. There's smite. So it's a weird thing, right? If you if you hit a big squad, you have to be confident you can kill it solely in combat, and you can't soften it Correct. up at all. And Correct. I don't like the way that makes me play because I like. Tyrion shooting isn't just tabley opponent, but it's very good at softening people up. And like, oh, so you, you charged into my intercessors, and like, of my ten man, you leave me with three guys left. I fail the morale. Pick in the sergeant, mate. Sergeant's dead <laughs> from yeah, the morale phase. Um, it's oh my god. So I'm sorry I didn't notice the melee attack thing. I was trying to wrap my head around the fact that a secondary is giving you command points. I was like, what the crap is going on? Why is the secondary giving this guy command oh, points? Oh, it's super cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get one command point. Like it, t- it could, you know, get you primary points. Could get you better secondary points. Could mean you kill better or don't get tabled or, w- or even just win the game, like turn the tide. So mm-hmm. for that reason, this is always worth considering, but not for the points you're going to get from it. No, the points no, you I, get are the cherry on top. I think Tyranids aren't really trying to do the secondary thing here. Just well, gonna be honest, their congratu- secondaries are bad. Congratulations, we found the worst part of the book. <laughs> it's right it's, here. Uh, oh, if if Tyranids had heard the prey, I. You oh, would you never see me again. Like, Holy crap. Yeah, no, that at least... Because Tyranids, I think, play a, a fine secondary game from the base mm. book. I think it's totally okay that their secondaries are bad, but oh. their secondaries are bad. It's totally okay, because they're one of the... They're, from what I can tell, they're one of the best stranglehold armies in the game now. They're one of they're already one of the best engage and rod... Well, they, they lost a bit from the engage and rod game with the Lictor change and stuff like that, but they I still think... R, they lost R&D a lot. I don't think Tyranids yeah. R&D at all. I think Fair. I raise banners and dare people to come at me. Yeah, yeah, you raise banners. Yeah, exactly right. You raise banners and you're like, come into my mortal mortal wound range, you absolute psychopath. And just, yeah, num, num, num. Um, all right, moving down, we have a couple of things left to talk about. Data sheets. Um, what is here? I mean, we've got signups here. We've got Shadow in the Warp here, which we've already pretty much explained. We've got Swarming yeah. Masses, which we've already explained, I believe, as well. Yeah, um, we, and we did a synaptic link in part one as well, right? I thought I Yeah, did. but I, I, we, we did, but please feel free to give us a, a TLDR to catch people up. Yeah, of course. The TLDR of synaptic link range is that anything within 12 inches of a synapse creature is considered to be within a synaptic link range. But there is the caveat that you can cell phone tower through other synapse creatures. So envision a hive tyrant within 12 inches of a tactical squad. Mm-hmm. Okay, The tactical squad is within 12 inches of the hive tyrant, so it's within synaptic link range. Now imagine a Tyranid Warrior squad 15 inches away from the Tactical squad that is within 12 inches of the Hive Tyrant. Now you can chain your Synaptic Links through the Warriors to the Hive Tyrant to the Tactical squad, meaning that the Tactical squad is considered to be within Synaptic Link range of the Warriors for all purposes. And it goes down the line. You can do it as many times as you want. You can just chain your rules through Synapse creatures as long as you have an unbroken coherency string 12 inches between units of synapse between you and the enemy you can change through it it is not it's, an aura it is not affected by aura abilities that is both pluses and minuses it is a damn cool ability and ferociously powerful um it is incredibly fluffy it is very useful on the battlefield it is supremely cool it makes tyranids play exactly the way you envision i love everything about this mechanic from both a i think it is an absolute win from both a gameplay and lore perspective so I'm starting to see a little bit of a pattern. Maybe we'll discuss this in a part two one day, but there's a little bit of a pattern where G-Dub is making certain books not care about like one mechanic of the game. Um, like, you know, it started with with uh, Miracle Dice. Oh, cool. You're taking the, the, RN, the, the uh, R&D, the, the randomness out of the game. It's been doubled down with Fate Dice and now Laughing Dice, you know, mass rerolls. It's almost as if they've made Nids not care about range. Uh, I, I have to play with range restrictions 
Tyranids do not play with range restrictions because you could they're they're all circumnavigatable for your your most yeah. powerful abilities, which is cool. It's just cool. Um, it's very cool. And you know what? Uh, Tyranids are everywhere. They're a global threat. They are eating the entire world at once. The hive mind is omnipresent and all powerful. Uh, the, hive, <laughs> the hive mind really shouldn't care if you're 12 or 15 inches away. It's, it's true. It's true. It's going to get you. Um, they talk about like the shadow in the warp hitting you like before the the freaking um. The yeah, before the hive fleets even reach the planet. Yeah, before they made planetfall, you, you, the shadow and the warp envelops like the whole solar systems and stuff. It's, it's it's crazy. But all right, next up and last bit before we talk about some data sheets, this is synaptic imperatives. You want to give us a little explanation here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So synaptic imperatives are your pure doctrine buff. So of course you need to have all of the same high fleet, no genes for gold friends, nothing else. Just take tyranids, all of the same high fleet, and you get synaptic imperatives. So, Synaptic Imperatives are a series of once-a-game buffs that you can take, and the best way to explain it, honestly, is that think command protocols that you have to unlock by taking a certain Synapse creature, but in exchange, they're way better than, they're way better than command protocols. Oh my so, God, at the beginning yeah. of the battle round, not it's not a preset order, at the beginning of the battle round, you may choose an Imperative from the, the table. And to make it simple, you can only choose ones from the table that you have the corresponding Synapse creature. So, for example, the Hive Tyrant gives Relentless Ferocity, which is, while the Synaptic Imperative ability is active for your army, and a friendly Hive Tendril unit is within six inches of a Synapse creature, this unit is eligible to declare a charge in the turn in which it fell back. So, that is the Hive Tyrant Synaptic Imperative. It is not an aura from the Hive Tyrant. You have to have a Hive Tyrant to unlock it. If you have one Hive Tyrant on the table, in the start of the battle round, you go, boom, I'm doing the Hive Tyrant Imperative. Now, Every synapse creature, the warriors, the zone tropes, the yes. neurothrop, every synapse creature becomes this aura. Mm -hmm. And they're each once per battle round. You can never repeat them by any form or function uh, yep. other than the Leviathan spell, which lets it happen for one unit, not everyone. So, Correct. Uh, if you have it, so you, you have to take a, a diverse, I'd really mispronounce that, a diverse array of synapse creatures to unlock multiple synaptic imperatives. You don't want to take seven hive tyrants, not that you can anymore. Uh, and then not have enough imperatives to, to get you from battle rounds two to five. Exactly right. And at the same time, some of these things are so powerful that you might want to take uh, a a subpar unit in order to get access to a premium um, imperative. Absolutely correct. 100% true. Um, so we've already talked about the Hive Tyrant. Next one up is the Broodlord. This is Predatory Guile. While this synaptic imperative ability is active for your army, a and a friendly uh, Hive Tendril infantry unit is within six of this model. Um each time an attack targets that unit, it is considered to have light cover against the attack. If it already receiving the benefit of light cover, it is deemed to have a heavy cover. Um, do not mind this, but I just don't see a Broodlord being taken, even because even if this is quite powerful in some situations. I don't like this at all because it only works in infantry who can very easily yeah. get light cover. Uh, yep. The other part of it is that it doesn't actually work because... <laughs> uh, yeah. Explain. So the first part Explain. of it works, you, you, you get the light cover. The yep. second part of it is, if a unit is receiving the benefits of light cover, it is treated as also having the benefits of heavy cover. You can never receive the benefits of light cover unless it's the shooting phase. And yep. at that point, heavy cover doesn't help. Very true. It should say dense, shouldn't it? I'm assuming it's meant to say dense. It's I'm meant just to say dense. assuming it's meant to say dense. But... Everybody, everybody, golf clap for G-Dub. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks Chief. Good, good stuff. All right, you got next one. Absolutely do. The Tyranid Prime has Guide Mind. Guide Mind from the Hive Mind. While the synaptic imperative ability is active for your army and you're within six inches of the synapse creature, uh, the six inches of the synapse creature is all, all of them. Mm -hmm. um, each time a model that unit makes a ranged attack that targets a unit within 24 inches, 
Every un unmodified hit roll of a six scores one additional hit. So it's exploding sixes and shooting when you target something 24 inches away or less. Um, I mean, if you've got a shooting, if you're playing a shooting, if you're playing like Kronos or one that's not ultra smashy based, this is really good. Um, otherwise, I think it's just okay. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, I don't think it gets taken. Uh, a lot of the shooting units I'm taking so far are actually auto hit, which is awkward. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it's it's fundamentally solid, and the Tyranid Prime is not a bad unit. There's nothing wrong with this one. This is still pretty good. Awesome. Turvagon's up next. Surging Vitality. Um, whilst it's active within six inches um, of a Sinus model, each time that unit is selected to make a normal move or advance until the end of the phase, adds two to the move characteristic of models in that unit. That's quite good. Yep, that is. Just army-wide, plus two to move. Hey, what's wrong with that, right? No, nothing Just, at all. Um, not a single thing. Uh, next up is the Neurothrope Psychic Augmentation. Add one to psychic tests for this unit. Add one to deny the witch test taken for that unit. Each time on that unit would lose a wound as a result of a mortal wound. Roll a d6, and on a 5+, plus, the wound is just not lost. That's nuts. That's solid. Really glad that's only once a game. Yes. What a, that, that could almost be three. That's three good things to have, especially in the mirror. Holy crap. It's almost like in the mirror match, if you have a Neurothrope and they don't, congrats. You probably won. All right, Adam. There's no universe where Jared List does not have a Neurothrope. I know, I know I was about to say, that, and that's because this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, this is super strong. Just uh, great. Huge Love fan. Uh, Alright, next up, Turvagon Prime, Thrashing Demise, whilst it's a, a active for your army, friendly hive turning units within six. Each time uh, you roll a dice for a death rose ability of a model in this unit, add three to the roll, so it'll go off on a three plus, is that correct? Yep. Each time model uh, in the unit is destroyed as a result of a melee attack, if the model does not have the death rose ability, roll 1d6 on a 6. Uh, the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound after all attacks are made. Uh, that's pretty cute. It's cute. But it's, it, it, yeah, it's just cute. It's not crazy good. Nope, it's cute. That will not be the reason to take a Trigon Prime. No. If I have all. a Trigon Prime, this is cute. Yeah, why not? It's uh, not why I'm doing it. Uh, it's just which turn of the game you're going to do it. I mean, I'll ask you some questions when we get to the end, actually. We'll wait till the end. Right on. Next up is Tyranid Warriors goaded to slaughter. Uh, while you're in the six months of the synapse model, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. Fantastic. Exploding six is in combat for one battle round if you've got mm -hmm. Tyranid Warriors. Mm -hmm. I know we've already mentioned that Tyranid Warriors are an auto-take staple, but yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. they are. Um, next up, the Maliceptor, Synaptic Oversight, Psychic Oversight, rather. Um, whilst it's active and you're within six of it, um, if that unit performing an action, it can make a range attack without the action failing. Um, that unit can start to perform an action even if it advanced or fell back. If that unit has the Psychic keyword, performing a Psychic action does not prevent it from manifesting Psychic powers. That is freaking amazing. That is such an enabler. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. That, uh, crazy. Yep, super, super strong. Maliceptor, yay. That is just your turn one. All my banners are up. All my actions are getting done. Who cares? Whatever. Uh, phenomenal. Yep, super, just super useful on all fronts. I like it a lot. Um, next up, we have... <laughs> next up. The <laughs> Zonthropes Warp Shielding. Monsters in the unit have a 4 plus invulnerable save, and everyone except monsters get a 5 open vulnerable save. Of course, you have to be within 6 inches of a synapse model, as with everyone else, but that is crazy, still really good. Crazy, 
crazy, crazy, crazy, crazy, crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, this is the reason to take zoanthropes because I don't think zoanthropes are great. I think I think they're okay, and you're you're pretty much the person who's who's talked me around and convinced me of that. Um, This this makes them auto take as well, especially if well, depending on how many stompy stompy creatures you're taking, which Mm -hmm. I'm assuming is at least a handful, then one unit of zoanthropes is just worth taking. I mean, it's got to be a handful. Uh, yeah, if you have monsters that might get shot turn one, just do this. Mm-hmm. Just, just do this instead. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, all right, last one. Parasite of Mortrex, Swift Onslaught. Whilst it's active uh, within six, each time model in that unit makes a pile and or consolidate and moves an additional three. That's cute. And yeah. uh, when you need it, you'll be happy you have it to grow and grab another objective you might not get or tap a unit you wouldn't be able to tap or get a wrap or something. But... Mm-hmm that's it so the questions for you at the end i mean obviously the maliceptor and the zoanthrope ones are fantastic you're pretty much always gonna have the two the warrior ones also. and the neurothrope <laughs> okay um how so how dense how big an issue for you is it trying to call the right ones at the right time because i'm assuming you're going to have i mean I, every I, every army is going to have a well. Sorry, every list that you and I have talked about has a hive tyrant, has a neurothrope, has sometimes has a trigon prime, uh, tuned Ooh. warriors, maliceptor, zoanthropes, and you're taking the parasite sometimes. Is this the real test of the tuned players calling these at the right times? Yes, I think this is going to be difficult. It's not unmanageable. It helps that you just have a lot of good ones. So mm-hmm. if you do it at the wrong time, it's probably still good. The weird one is calling the defense at the right time because you yep. have to call um, the all the all the buffs like the psychic buffs. Those are just good. You're going to use it. You're going to cast powers every turn. You're never mad about plus one to cast or plus one to deny. Uh, you're never mad about actioning and, and shooting and casting at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you want to do is really just call the defense at the right time. And if you mess it up, yep. it will hurt because Tyranids are very tough data sheets, but they are not purely unkillable data sheets. If you have the invul in a time when they're not popping out their anti tank. Then they get a, a good round of anti-tank later. It could go spiral a little faster than you want. Spot on. Um, so the uh, so exactly right. The only two that seem like they're going to be hard to call is the Maliceptor one as well. Making sure you can do all your actions, or you can. Do you need to hold it to fall back and do actions later in the game, or do you need want to go do it like first turn, second turn to make sure you get all your banners up, push up the board, and get everything done? Um, so maybe, you know, it's not the right thing to do it early. It's right to hold it off for later. But yeah, bit of a, yeah. a test your nerve call. So that's it for the rules part. We're on to the data sheets. We're only going to do a couple of data sheets as we usually do. I, I let my expert, John, pick a couple that he thinks are worth talking about that people are going to see or that people need to know because they're going to see them. So what would be your first pick, mate? Oh, man, you, you start off with the Hive Tyrant. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Winged Hive Tyrant, but just be aware that the Hive Tyrant is the exact same thing with a two-up armor save in it. T8 instead of being fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just want to know what the Hive Tyrant does. Uh, he's a caster that knows two casts too. He's actually very similar stats to before. He now gives reroll ones to hit to one unit. The big thing is that his weapons have changed a lot. Mm. And you're going to see a Hive Tyrant in... I, I, I could not be more serious. Every single list will have a Hive Tyrant. This Agreed. is the Tau Commander of, Tau, of Tyranids. Mm-hmm. You will have one. Many lists will have two. I would say most lists will have two. You will yeah. have one. No universe where you don't. So, uh, what does it do? Um, uh, the Venom Cannon, we already discussed, went to three shots, strength nine, AP three, damage four. 
The Stranglethorn mm-hmm. Cannon went to D3 plus 3 shot, Strength 8 minus 2 damage 2. So those guns got significant buffs. Yep. The Monster's Bone Sword went to Strength 10 AP 4, flat 3 damage. <laughs> Lash Roots yep. now give you reroll 1s to hit. They are went to Ballistic Skill 2, which was nice. They used to be Ballistic Skill 3. I hated mm-hmm. that. They're now Ballistic Skill 2. They're still Weapon Skill 2. They're 5 attack space. Um, they're going to hit very hard. They're, uh, they're punchy. Sh- they cast well. They shoot a little bit. And uh, they are good support. They're, sh- they, they do everything. I'm still annoyed they've only got five attacks on the data sheet. I would love yes, to have so seen right. a six or even... A, I don't think it would have been crazy to see a seven there for something that co- that's 12 wounds and has it costs as many points as they do. But it's fine. I mean, it just means you really want to take the Scything Talons, right? Just to get all the extras? No, you totally go with the, the, the Lashwood Bone Sword. Lashwood Bone Sword? The Scything uh, Talons are only damage two. The Bone Sword takes it to... Sh- so you can be strength but, seven, EP two? But five, but five attacks, like... Cool, you killed the Terminator. <clears throat> You killed one Terminator. Okay, well, remember that you can get plus D3 attacks on the charge with Adrenal Glands. Fair, yep. So you can go in with six to eight attacks, weapon skill two, hitting, uh, rerolling ones, strength 10 AP uh, four, damage three, rerolling wounds, potentially doing some mortals. Uh, mm. The Reaper of Obliterax is the best uh, relic. Oh, for sure, for sure. On, on a flyer, that, that, that is a bone sword relic. Mm. So you okay. are going to take that. I could see the second one going uh, the uh, size of Tyran. Yep. At that point, you you get to make a nice, a very healthy seven swings. Just blend it, blend it. They wanted you to choose between the extra attacks and the big profile, and the size of Tyran is your relic to do both. Fair. Um, what is another data sheet you want to pull out for the people? Um, I, there's so many. I'm so sorry. Uh, Neurothrope is the second HQ I'm going to cover. Uh, the Neurothrope is the same as before. He's a Psyker with a 3-up invulnerable. He got an extra toughness and wound, went up 5 points, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Here's what matters. In his uh, data sheet, he in the command phase, he picks a synapse unit within a synaptic link range. Lol. Uh, that <laughs> Psyker casts on an additional dice discarding one. Wow. And if you take the Warlord trait, two Psykers do that. Yeah, wow. Okay, so, I see Yep. Yep. You, you just do that. <laughs> and, he, and he is himself plus one to cast now, which is new. And a nice bonus. Nice. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yep. I would like to talk about Pyrovores because I was like, for the longest time, I didn't think they existed. I like, oh, they're a myth, they're a legend, you know? A meme? Like a unicorn, you know? Like you know, mythical my, my, mythical creatures. I am a meme, for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pyrovores exist and they're a thing. For some reason, they are toughness five with five freaking wounds. Three plus save now, and they have two modes of fire. Um, for one of them being uh, range twelve assault D six strength six minus two two damage auto hit, uh, very good profile. Um, and second one is being eighteen inch range uh, assault two D six strength four minus one one. Of course, auto hitting again. Um, and of course, they do explode for one mortal within three inches when they die, and they have the acid more keyword. I think they are cool. I'm not sure if they're great or good yet, but I think they're cool, and I think you could say you could realistically have an argument for taking them i think that they're good in the same way that chaos spawn are good in that they are very cheap for very good stats yes um, i i am in favor of pyrovores i like them a lot uh, i think they're very strong uh, i do not think that they are absolutely mandatory i think you can write a good one without them uh unfortunately they're also heinously expensive to buy mm-hmm. um but uh, i think that they are good so i will i've played some games with them i've liked them um, I'll probably keep them in the list for a little bit longer just to keep testing them. But, you know, there is a point where if you take enough cheap stuff, it actually adds up to real points. And you're like, oh, cool, I've got my two units of Pyrovores. Is this better than a Hive Tyrant? <laughs> mm, 
it's more wounds, but it doesn't do anything besides be a pirate for people, mm-hmm. which is adorable, but not mandatory. I, I still like them quite a lot. I think they're very good. And yes, their profile is dumping points. Um, um, the We have to talk about the Mouse Scepter. Yeah, oh, well, I was of the opinion everyone kind of knows already, but go for it, mate. I mean, yeah, but someone maybe doesn't, and that person needs to know. They do. Everyone <laughs> needs to be informed. So the Malice Scepter is a toughness 8-15 wound monster for 170 points. Uh, many of the monsters that were T7 went to T8, and many of them gained a couple extra wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't do anything. It walks around being a brain. And what that brain does <laughs> is a is- lot of psychic bullcrap. That's what matters. And it has <laughs> combat that's like very passably mediocre. No one cares about that. Um, here's what matters. It has an action that only it knows. Uh, it's a psyker that knows two casts, too. It denies one for the record. Um, so it knows a psychic action that no one else knows. And that is, in your psychic phase, warp attempt this, warp charge six, blah, blah, blah. If you complete it, uh, while a friendly high fleet unit is within six of the psyker, each time a ranged attack is made against the unit, subtract one from the strength characteristic of that attack. So if you pass a warp charge six spell, very easy to do. Uh, you just become an aura of minus one strength to all incoming guns. Mm-hmm. Very good defensive buff for the rest of your army. Uh, remember, of course, that the Malice Scepter Synaptic Imperative, lol, is that you, you wonderful bug you, can do psychic actions and cast powers in the same turn. How convenient. He, he buffs yep. himself. He's he's taking care of himself. You know, he's, he's having a good time. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's more. Uh, psychic Overload is just the dumbest rule. Uh, <laughs> each time this model successfully completes, uh, successfully manifests a psychic power or psychic action, if the result of the test was seven or more, after resolving that psychic power, the closest enemy unit within 12 inches suffers the number of mortal wounds shown in the table below. If it has eight wounds remaining, it ta- deals three mortals. So if it has five or seven wounds remaining, it deals two mortals. If it has one to four wounds remaining, it does one mortal. So while it's at top tier, remember that it starts at 15, it yep. does three mortals to the closest unit every time it passes a spell on a 7. When you make it cast on 3d6, take the highest, and there's one turn a game where it's plus one to cast, that mm-hmm. adds up very quickly. So you can just, just do nine incidental mortal wounds. like Yeah, if you just action spell spell, and all yeah. three of those are a 7 plus, not that likely. But then you give it 3d6 take the highest, and you're like, you know, probably at least two of those are going to be a 7 plus. Mm-hmm. You make it plus one to cast, you got a CPU real handy. Not bad odds that all three of them are. I would love to see it not do th- that many model wounds. <laughs> of course I would. Yeah. This thing is terrifying. How, it's, how many points? It is 170. It's 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 a decent amount of points. But oh, and I'm sorry, it has a 4-up invuln, I forgot to mention. Yeah, 4-up invuln, toughness 8, 14 wounds. 15. Le- <laughs> just one. I know it's just one more, but I need to know. Uh, it's fair. It's fair. It, this thing is about it, to it, be. It is the, tough. The terror of the times, in in Adam's opinion, um, it will it will hurt. It will harm you. Everybody out there, it will harm yep. you. Um, the one more I want to pull out because they have been much maligned. You've barely seen them for for better part of a decade. The humble Ravener. I'm very high on the Ravener. Movement 12, Web School Blitz Skill 3+, plus, Strength and Toughness 5 now with 4 wounds. This is why I get a bit peeved that the Hive Tyrant only has 5 attacks, because a freaking Ravener has 5 attacks. Like, just why? Why does a Ravener get 5 attacks when a, a formal... Yeah, whatever. Um, it's got four. It's only got a 4-up armor save, so I see these as pretty comparable to Ophidian Destroyers, in my words, for, for pretty much what they're going to produce for you. Um, 
They come with two starting talents, which is plus one attack eight. So if you don't wish to upgrade them and keep them bare bones, there's seven attacks a pop. Um, and they will have a reroll once to hit um, if they do not have any range weapons attached to them. So seven attacks, uh, whip skill three plus, re-rolling ones to hit. And of course, you can advance and charge these. You guys make them a little bit faster in a couple of other ways. Um, they're innately minus one to hit, which is where I get the comparison to a fitting destroyers at, who are mm-hmm. also a four plus armor, minus one to hit. Um, but you can take a freaking Despeater on them, which is assault three, strength five, minus two, one damage. They bliss skill three plus. So they shoot better than a, like and they're better than a marine because they've just got a better gun than, a, than everything bar a heavy intercessor um or you can take a devourer for more shots but only strength four you got rending claws for strength six minus four with five attacks they're good they're really 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 good and i feel like they replace um if you want to know what they replace they replace gene stealers if you took the current tyranny list and take out your gene stealers replace them with raveners they'll do the same thing for you yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. You're never going to rear ones of them because you are taking a gun. The gun, yeah. The gun is free. Oh, my freaking God. Yeah, the gun and The gun is zero points. So how it's many... 30 points with oh, a... Uh, uh, there There are no point upgrades for Abner's. Everything is built in. Take your choice of the data sheet. It's 30 points. Okay, okay. So, if it, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting bothered. That's so much you're value. Getting, you're getting bug hurt? bothered i'm getting bothered but bug hurt mm-hmm. is, a, is a great word that's a great term actually everybody that get that tattooed on the inside of your your forehead um so for 10 points more than an intercessor yeah one less armor save but one more toughness double the wounds double double the movement a better gun double the attacks essentially off on the data sheet you get plus one when you get make a charge or whatever um mm-hmm. just I've, oh it's such good value for 30 points yeah and oh, you, you have the choice of rending claws versus scything talons, aka do you want five attacks at AP four or seven attacks? Mm-hmm. Um, lol. Well, I think you just take two units of five and do one of each. Potentially, yeah. I think it really just depends on what high fleet you are. If you're running one of the ones that has access to extra AP, I think you just then go ahead and take scything talons. Ju- you just go scything talons. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Rend rend four doesn't really do much for you because like everything that's good in the game has an invul at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So but Renf- there, there's yeah. a universe where Sanguinary Guard come back, and I am just ready oh, to kill them. Oh, well, it's a house that you live in where Jack is also a person that I, that is in the house. So yeah, hundred percent Ren Four is a thing. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the data sheets I want to talk about. I'll give you one more. You want you want to talk about one more? I, I have to talk about Carnifexes because we have to let people know the Carnifex <laughs> is the same as before, just better in every way. Uh, <laughs> So it, it basically they took the card effects, they gave it one extra wound, and they gave it one extra movement, and they gave it a two-up save and minus one damage. Love it. Yep, you just you love to see that. Their weapons got all the buffs that you would expect, and I'll go ahead and rope in the screamer killer as totally a carnifex. Mm-hmm. Um but a carnifex is four attacks, same as before. Uh and it's plus one attack on the charge, same as before. It's like wow, they didn't really get that much better. But now siding talons are plus one attack. So a siding talon carnifex went from five attacks to nine attacks mm-hmm. uh, i think they were plus one hit on the charge before they're now plus one attack on the charge that is what they are now so yep. a carnifex with four seven talons on the charge is nine attacks but a screamer killer carnifex which has to have four talons on the charge is 11 attacks and at two up armor minus one damage for usually floating in the 100 to 130 range depending on how you want to upgrade them uh that is not expensive it's phenomenally good value it I is think. it is a, better than a box knot that's what they say uh it's they are also core. Yes. Carnifex are core, which is, I think, absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. I think they're amazing. 
I, I, I can't wait to see a nine fex build and the nine card fex. Uh, yeah, build. people. I mean, people I'd are already it. running it on TTS because yeah. it is very cool. I mean, it's a it's a fun way to play Tyranids. Um, just doing like the 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 Carnifex Stampede. I think it's a lot more fun than Crusher to me because I like having a lot of monsters because that feels Tyranids. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, Carnifex. They are very good. I agree, and I'm very happy that they're good. Like they deserve to be good. They're like one of the most iconic Tyranid models that they've ever been. Yeah. Um, I think they're the most iconic Tyranid models since the Gaunt. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd agree yeah, with that. Like, it's them, Gene Steelers. Like they are, they are old school iconic Tyranids. They were the mm. first plastic monster kit, like in the game. Yes, true. And they are, they are very. They've waited. Yes, <laughs> it's a been a long time between drinks. Um, but that brings us to the end of the review for this Codex, my dude. So it's time to give us our usual rating. We usually do two two rating systems. Uh, the first one is an internal rating out of ten for how good you think this book is for Tyranid players. I'm willing to let you go to eleven. Uh, out of ten. Oh, I was going to go nine point five. I'm I'm going eleven. Uh, <laughs> hordes, hordes are just kind of bad. Oh, that's true. There is a playstyle that is just not there for this book. There that is, is a very typical Tyranid playstyle, mm. perhaps the most iconic Tyranid playstyle that is frankly ignored by the book. That is true. It is mis- It's there, but it is like it's so obvious it's getting no service. Yeah, like, uh, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Now they gave Tyranids so much more, so much in every other department that I just cannot complain about it. Mm-hmm. But if you are a traditional Horde player, you've got... Because like, I had like 100 Hormagons and 200 Termagons and like uh, I think it's clean 100 Gene Stillers like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I now found out that 70 of my Gene Stillers I have no reason to own. Correct. And the, my Hormagons and Termagons got way worse somehow. Mm-hmm. They weren't even, yeah, so the Horde playstyle was very much neglected here. But the book as a whole does everything else really really well internal balance i'm going to give it like a nine purely yep. on the the lack of hordes but they did they absolutely did turn players a service here this is the best turning codex ever written uh great the not it's not even close the next best tier codex is not even close compared to this one um if the next best tier codex was a 10 before this one came out i'm not sure which codex that, is that the fifth edition codex that's uh, the sixth edition Fourth yeah. edition codex is when um, you could do like all the custom card effects. That's right, that's right. Because I, I thought that was the because they got a codex like late in fifth, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the fourth one as the fifth one. Um, because that was the one I played against in fifth. But uh, if that one was at a ten coming into this, because it was the best one at the time, that one's now a four. Uh, this one's a ten. Um, just to show you how far it's pushed that one down. <laughs> into the rankings like not even yeah this, that one doesn't even get a pass compared to this one um so yeah you i, I was going to give an 11 out of 10 because i completely f- I forgot that they just can't play hordes like they used to you can still play a horde don't and don't be discouraged there is a horde build out there but it's just nowhere near the best thing you can do in this book i think it's what john's saying yeah exactly and, and there's not nearly as many rules to support it as there used to be correct um literally the only thing you've got is the you get to find three, you get to find three ranks and you get hydro yeah, yeah. um so okay, this is gonna, this is going to be hard because we're doing this before the data slate comes out, the balance slate. Um, C to S tier. I don't S. think it's going to surprise anybody. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is um, just this lands straight in S tier. hundred percent. I'm not going to say where it lands in S tier because I think the data slate is going to come out and it's going to change mm-hmm. things. Hundred percent. This is S tier. In fact, the existence of this thoroughly, if if the balance data slate does not, I believe thoroughly knocks. Custodies out of Estia, possibly Craft World as well. 
maybe, maybe Craft Worlds, definitely Custodes, 100%. Definitely I've not played Custodes. the new Tyranid Codex into Custodes, but I know what the Tyranid Codex does, and I know what the Custodes Codex does, and I'm not worried at all about Custodes. I, I would not be worried. I would not be worried. Um, as l- <laughs> I would not be worried <laughs> at all. Uh, but yeah, if Custodes are not in S, yeah, they're not in S tier now. Even if the Balanced Data Slate does not touch them, they're not in S tier now. Um, in fact, I, from my mind, it's just how and Tyranids in S tier. And if the Balanced Data Slate. Ca- oh, and Harlequins, of course. In fact, I oh, thought, oh, geez, Tyranids slap the crap out of Harlequins, from what I can tell. They do. Um, Tau into Tyranids is a, is a much more interesting matchup that I want to see. I agree, agree. But Which, because Tau are liable to get hit by the balance status sheet, I've kind of been waiting to practice that one until after that, just so that yep. I've got a more complete picture. That's fair. I mean, come the balance data slate, it could just be Nids in STR. It could very well just be Nids. Um, yep. So, yeah. If it, and as, as I said right now, if nothing was to change, I think Nids are the top of STR. I would say that Nids are probably better than current Light Void Weaver Harlequins. I say probably because that list is ludicrously good, and Tyranids feel better on the table. But I want to see them on the table, bef- like on tournaments, before I declare that they are better than an eighty percent win rate army. <laughs> yes, um, I, ha- I have I have to see it before I'm willing yeah. to say anything is better than Light. But I think it is a, I think it's probably not as good into the field as Light Harlequins for whatever that means. But I think it actually can beat Light Harlequins when there's nothing else in the meta that really can do so consistently. Agreed. And I do think Tyranids are probably going to be the best army in the game once people have finished painting all the new models that they need. I think post-balanced data slate, uh, Tyranids are uncontested top of the mountain. Yeah, if, if Harlequins get a nerf proportionate to what they have been doing, and mm-hmm. Tyranids do not get any kind of attention at all, I would assume Tyranids are alone at the top. Agreed. All right, on that note, we will finish up the review of this very, 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 very good book. Holy crap, it is a good book. My God, it is a good book. Mm, it's a good book. It's a good book. <laughs> um, you can come over and join us on part two. We're not going to be recording that yet. We are waiting for that balanced data site to come out, and then we will be disseminating that. John will be joining us on the other side. He'll be giving us about 10 to 20 minutes of his hot takes on the balanced data slate in addition to um, his first press tyranny list, what he's playing with, what he's excited to play, what he's, exci- what he's expecting to have to build to counter, some spicy tech in addition. I'm going to be hopefully joined by Alex McDougal to be doing the same and Dustin Henshaw. So you can expect 10 to 20 minutes from all those illustrious gentlemen on their hot takes from the book and what they're excited for, and what they're going to be playing. So, John, thank you so very, very much for joining us, mate. You've been an absolute pleasure as always. Anything you'd like to plug before we finish up? No, once again, I'll just uh, plug the Ardwar Worm. Uh, make sure to check out uh, check out our website, check out uh, our YouTube channel. So theardwar40k.com is where you can find the Worm, which I've already plugged. But I'll also say we are going to have a lot of Tyranid content coming up. I actually recorded a Tyranid clinic yesterday with uh, one and only Matt Robertson from the UK, a new member Wonderful. of the Ardwar team. I am playing it uh, in a about two and a half hours, a game on our YouTube channel with Tyranids Against Necrons that will already be, already be there and able to be watched as soon as uh, you're done listening to this episode. And of course, there are plenty of Tyranid games coming up live in the War Room. Legitimately, by the time you listen to this episode, you will be able to go and watch like eight hours of like Tyranid content in the War Room. I don't not, know if not, the games are going to take that long. Not even joking. No, I mean, between that and the clinics and the wrap-ups, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> they will not take that long. That's agreed. Um, so, dude, we'll wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you guys have enjoyed the the content here. We're going to be having – I'll have a um, 
next week's episode will probably be a review of the data slate. Um, what has changed? What's spicy? What 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 was a hit? What was a miss? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. If you have any suggestions on who you'd like to see on for that episode, please hit me up. Especially if you are a patron or a subscriber, I'd love to know who you'd like me to see uh, get on for that one. If not, I might hit up Peter the Falcon or maybe Matt Morisoli or maybe hell maybe I'll get Matt Robinsons on and he can have his first first go on. Uh, the new Art of War lad having his first go on the show. Um, but thank you so much again, John. Love your work, mate. Good luck with all your Tyranid shenanigans. And uh, yeah, may the Maliceptor be always in your favor or some crap. Actually, the opposite of that. Whatever the opposite <laughs> of that is. <laughs> all right, mate. All right. Thanks for having me on. Good night, mate. See ya. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40k. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.